Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Ask Marco, where I answer your investing-related questions. All right, well, today I am talking to you from Salt Lake City. I'm in a hotel room. The acoustics are not that great, so hopefully that won't show up in this particular episode. But I'm here to do a video interview for a new series on money that's coming out soon. So that's tomorrow. And I figured I would uh, tackle one of the Ask Marco questions here in my inbox. So today's question is from Brock, and he says, Thank you, Marco, for all the great information you provide with every podcast episode. Well, you're welcome. I am working towards being able to do my first deal working with Norada Real Estate, and I can't wait, exclamation mark, with a little smiley face. My question may be a bit long, but feel free to cut it up as you see fit. What are the effects you have seen in the cash flow real estate markets from COVID-19? For example, does there seem to be less, more, or the same demand for cash flow homes? And what effects have been seen in home supply? Are there certain possible changes you are keeping an extra eye on? Or is it too soon to see concrete effects? I guess in short, do you see now as a better, worse, or same as before time to start getting involved in turnkey investing because of the effects of COVID-19 on the country? Thanks again, Brock. Okay, Brock, well, great question. So I can kind of boil the answer down to this. There is just as good of a time to be acquiring rental property now as there was a month ago, as there was six months ago, as there was 12 months ago. The fundamentals have not changed. The underlying demand for housing is strong across the country, even in some of the overpriced bubble markets. There is still a lack of supply keeping prices up or pushing prices up to levels of appreciation that are above 5 to 7%. Now, we've seen a lot of that slowdown this year, and that's okay. We need some breathers, but that is predicted and expected to continue. So we are still going to see strong growth. And the bottom line is, is that we all need food, shelter, water, and clothing. And housing is just a fundamental necessity. We need a place to live. And a lot of the markets, especially the markets that we're in, have strong demand for housing. There's a lack of supply. And this whole thing with COVID-19 has actually perpetuated the problem because people who would normally move and sell their house haven't. There's a lot of people who are still out there and more coming out of the woodwork that actually want to buy housing and rentals that are now out there looking for property that can't find it because supply was low to start with and now it's even tighter. So there's not as much inventory. In fact, in a lot of markets, inventory is below two months worth of supply, meaning that if there were was no new inventory coming on the market, the existing demand for the housing in that particular market is going to dry up in two months or less. So fundamentals are strong and we are just not keeping up with putting new housing units on the market. And to perpetuate that problem with COVID, so many contractors and builders had to basically put the brakes on for a prolonged period of time that they weren't actually out building new product or renovating existing product to put new housing units out on the market. Now, from a tenant perspective, 
and when I say tenant, I mean from a rental perspective, this is maybe not what you're asking, but maybe it isn't. So I'm going to throw that in there here. The country, as we are seeing, is slowly beginning to reopen. You know, a lot of states and markets are now in you know what they're calling phase two and phase three of this reopening with COVID-19 pandemic. But there's still a lot of industries that are affected and experiencing economic effects. And, you know, we still see shutdowns and slowdowns. The rental industry has remained active throughout this pandemic, very active, actually. And I'm going to give you a couple of stats here. But, you know, we're still not out of this upset, if you will. There's still a lot of massive layoffs. And so there's still people out there who are struggling to make ends meet and be able to pay their bills, including their rent. And that's been problematic. So all around the country, we have seen, not we, but people in the industry have seen a problem with people being up to date on their rents. A lot of people are working out payment plans. Some people are just paying late. Other people have missed payments. That $1,200 subsidy has certainly helped in the first month when it came out. But a recent study by Rentech Direct polled data from their property management software platform that represents 620,000 rental properties across the country. Now you have to keep in mind, this is gonna include some low end areas and some bubble markets. So it's really widespread. It's not what we here at Norada typically focus on in terms of the sweet spot, your bread and butter working class type of community, your B's and lower A class neighborhoods. I call it class, but I, you know, I just, and giving it a grade, if you will. So these are your middle of the road, middle income, working class communities, mostly blue collar, upper blue collar, and some professional white collar type of communities. Rent payments from March 2020 compared to June this month, 2020, dropped about 24% as far as payments received. Now that's a significant drop. That's almost 25% of rent payments that should have come in, did not come in. Now keep something else in mind in this study, they were looking at rents coming in only within the first seven days of the month. This is not including late rent payments that have come in after that because they were able to pay, but just not during the first five days of the month when rents are normally due. This might be a little bit skewed from that perspective, but what this does tell us is that people have been late in sending in payments or absent in sending in their rent payments. Now, this is bad and looks bad, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not horrible. Let's look at some other data here. And I actually find this a pretty interesting statistic because they found that renters were more likely to pay rent online than by cash or check. And those that did pay online were set up with auto pay. Those online rent payments in June this month compared to the rest of the year well, actually since January, but looking at it from March, only dropped 1.4%. There was only a 1.4% change in payments that were not collected compared to previous months. So I'm just looking at the chart here and I'm extrapolating the data for you. But essentially the peak month was March, 2020 and June was only 1.4% lower. So of tenants who pay rent electronically nationwide, rent payments in June, of 2020 were only 1.4% lower than online payments received for the same period in the previous month. And that also matches March. That's a pretty interesting statistic actually. Now, having said all that, just to kind of paint the picture here, rent payments that were received by landlords and property managers 
at this point are at their lowest point since the onset of COVID-19. And according to nationwide rent payments data that was collected by Rentec Direct, they found that rent received had steadily decreased since the onset in February month over month. So the trend has been steadily declining. And that would really make sense because rent is often the most expensive cost of living expense. It makes up roughly 30% of a household's income. That's obviously going to be affected when you have situations like this with very high unemployment. And really the main thing that we have to get through is to get people back to work. I say we as in a collective, but we really need to have businesses open up, the economy open up, because we need to get people back into the economy working so they have an income. And that will happen. And hopefully that'll happen sooner than later. Now, with my own personal experience in talking to property managers that we work with in the different markets around the country, they were asking me what I was seeing from a sales perspective. I was asking them what they're seeing from a lease up and payment perspective. The feedback I've been getting is that there seems to be about three to 5% of existing tenants under management that have been late or missed payments. So that's surprisingly small, but it's good news. It's a great number because if 95% of tenants are actually keeping up, making up and paying their rent, that to me is actually surprisingly good personally, my own experience with my own properties, I think I've only had a grand total of two people who were laid off or furloughed, couldn't make payment. And we kind of just let them ride for a month because they felt that they would be able to catch up and pay, but that wasn't the case. And so we had to evict them. And I knew that was going to happen. There was going to be a percentage of my own portfolio that had to be turned over. And that was okay because it gave me an opportunity to go in and renovate those units and they were just going to move in with someone else where they could afford temporarily to live and then move on to get another place. But in terms of what real estate agents are saying across the country, agents say that the rental market has remained relatively active along this whole up and down pandemic and an assertion that apartment search website Rent Cafe backs up with their own rental surveys. Now, according to a report that they put out from 9,000 renters that responded to the survey, there were about 62% of those people who responded to that survey that said that they were willing and wanting to move once there was available inventory for rental units, most of those being apartments. Now, why would that be? Why would there be such a high percentage of people who want to just make the leap and move? Well, I can't explain that, but what's interesting is that they couldn't move because there's a lack of inventory. So many people are staying put, uh, have been staying put over the last four months, that it, it has provided a lack of inventory, which is kind of a good problem if you're a landlord, because if you have available units to rent, they rent up pretty quick. And that has also been my observation in talking to my property managers and other real estate investors, they find that when they have a vacancy, they have showings very quickly and people are moving in or at least submitting applications pretty quick. And another thing to note from Rent Cafe's survey is that, and I quote, other rental market indicators show that inventory has decreased in some cities while rent prices have held up across the country. So again, strong demand, lack of supply. It's that whole supply and demand equation that is 
keeping rent rates where they are. So Brock, that may be more than what you asked and that's really some extra information, but I'm chalking up your question to be the possible COVID-19 effects on cash flow investing. And at the end of the day, there's three things you got to consider. And this kind of answers your question, just ties it all together. Number one, strong market fundamentals. We have population growth. We have a lot of markets that are still growing in terms of population. Maybe job prospects are down and there is high unemployment. But remember, that is a temporary thing. And I can't say whether that's going to last for two months or 12 months or six months, but it will fade away. And so employment will come back. Those fundamentals are still there. So the strong fundamentals with future job prospects, job growth, but more importantly, population growth, which is really the bottom line here, is going to keep the markets that are healthy that you should be looking at places to be investing. Second, there's still a lot of cash flow markets around the country. And when I say cash flow markets, I mean that you can invest and generate positive cash flow with 20 or 25% down and things just make sense financially. And these are also markets that will show continued growth because of population growth and other fundamentals that are tied to those markets. Last but not least, low interest financing. We still are at low, historically low interest rates, which makes it very attractive, not just for homeowners, but as real estate investors. It's cheap money that allows you to control 100% of a property with as little as 20% down. So the strong market fundamentals, the cash flow, low interest, and uh, strong demand across the country for housing units is a very healthy, fertile environment to be investing in. So yes, I think you should still just be focused on intelligent investing. Work with your team, work with your investment counselor, work with whoever you're working with, but make sure you're working with the right people so you can identify the right markets, neighborhoods, properties, and property managers to help you succeed. Okay, Brock, that's it. I was a little long-winded. I apologize, but I'm just giving you a little more than what you asked. All right. If you have a question about real estate investing or finance, just click the Ask Marco button at the top of the website, or you can just go to askmarco.com. It'll take you right there. If you haven't already subscribed, remember to subscribe. We're coming out with two of these Ask Marco episodes a week right now. Help us share the show with other like-minded people. Remember to leave us a rating and review. Greatly appreciate it. And I do read them all. That's it for today. So thanks for listening. I'll see you on our next episode. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.